More in the morning continues on News Talk 1010 Toronto. Jerry Yeager in for John Moore this morning. John Moore in for me from 9 until noon today. A little uh, topsy-turvy. It's upside down day on <laughs> News Talk 1010. It's a sweet, sweet Friday! <laughs> Joining me on the morning brief is Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two premiers, now a communications advisor and uh, part-time fill-in host here on the radio station. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good to have you. Well, good news for you uh, and your family. You're going to have four or five hundred bucks in your pocket to help your kids with their education. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, listen, uh, full disclosure, I was uh, a staffer for a government who first did this many years ago, direct payments to, at the time, taxpayers as opposed to parents. I just don't like it as a concept. Now, will parents use it? I hope so. Will it pay for a couple of uh, tutoring sessions? Yes. I'm okay with that concept because... Listen, the most troubling piece of all this is what you were talking about earlier, which is our math scores really, really suck, Jerry. Yeah, but actually, they already did. I, I really sure. I, sure. I, I really was disappointed to hear the education minister, who's going to join me at 805, try and blame this on COVID, because the scores didn't really go down during COVID. They were already too far down. I believe everything you're saying. I, I have no reason to doubt that whatsoever. I just will say that I have seen it with my girls, that math is getting harder. And one of the reasons is because we haven't had the hands-on teaching. So I hear you on the scores, and, and I'm sure that's the case. I'm just feeling it as a parent. And post-pandemic, I'll tell you the other problem I have teacher absences. So when you learn on Monday, but not Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you might learn on Thursday if you're lucky, it has been a horrible year so far for both my girls and one's in elementary and one's in high school. Absences are awful. Sure. If the numbers had really dropped precipitously, I would go along with that idea because I can understand uh, that people would say, well, COVID has really affected kids' education. But um, you know very well, you know, we're talking math and you, you start talking about your feelings. Math don't care about your feelings, Deb. You know that. Numbers are numbers and they, they haven't changed. Yeah. And again, as a parent, I'm just saying I'm surprised because yeah. I have actually felt the decline and uh, the lack of instruction. And for me, maybe it's because I'm not so great at math, but the lack of instruction in math is really problematic. You know, you can read the textbook in history. You can read the textbook in science, a little trickier in science than history, but you can do some of those things. You can work ahead. You can keep up. Math, if you don't have a parent who's great in teaching different ways of math, it's hard. So John Tory was asked the question and he answered it. And maybe he didn't want to answer this just before the election, but uh, he's probably going to win it in a runaway anyway. But he's, he's saying again, again, he'd be OK with tolls on the Gardner and Don Valley Parkway. I wonder if he thought it was neck and neck with somebody who might be against tolls if he would have said that. Well, except it's been his position now for, what, six, seven years. So he didn't say anything yesterday. From a political perspective, you might say, well, why would you say it the week before the election? Well, the answer is because it's been his position all along. So uh, the other piece of this is regardless of the mayor's consistent position on this, new government still saying no. So tolls are not going to happen, at least in the short term, on the Gardner and the Don Valley Parkway. Yeah, and the only thing is that if you don't vote for John Tory and someone else is to win, polls are indicating it might be Gil Penalosa, and it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to put tolls on the road.
Well, no, I think he's going to take away most of the roads if he were ever yeah, elected. There you go. I'm not tolling the road. I'm eliminating it. You exactly. Know, he's going to the... reverse the gardener. I mean, everything's yeah. going to be a big park. Yeah, you can raft across the Don uh, River and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so this Arrive Can debacle continues to get worse, in my view. A couple of companies, one of them is Ernst & Young, another is a tech company. They looked at the list. We finally got a breakdown of which companies spent the $54 million on the Arrive Can app, and then Ernst & Young in the the other company came forth and said, we didn't get any money. What are we doing on this list? Jerry, this is not meeting the sniff test for me, I'll tell you. This doesn't appear to be just sloppy error in accounting. This smells of fraud to me. And whether it's internal in the government, uh, there's something really, really wrong. And we really need some answers from the government on this. Yeah. Uh, the one company is called Think On, and um, their CEO came out and said, not only did we not get the money, we don't even do the kind of work that they say we were paid to do. We don't even remotely do that sort of work. No. And that's where I said, hey, there's there's something more than a little bit fishy going on here. The other thing is the company that got $54 million is a two-person company. Now, I get they are a temp agency of sorts, but two-person company, that's the size of it, $54 million? Something is really wrong here. Yeah, it keeps, the more we learn, the, the worse it looks. I mean, if something is done well, it's done efficiently, and you said, who did this? Well, the company at the head of the whole thing was two people, but these are two really smart people who know how to gather all the other resources from other companies and get the thing done. I, theoretically, that could work. Sure. And especially when you're, as I said, a temp agency of sorts. So just because only two people are at the helm doesn't mean it is necessarily a small company. But $54 million? Yeah. Nobody has come forth to say, here's why $54 million makes sense. And then we get this report. This was from the Globe and Mail that, uh, that I first learned that these companies and, you know, the, these companies like Ernst & Young, everybody knows that name. Um, and, and then this other company saying, no, we never got the money at all. I, this is just uh, I, I can't I can't imagine where it's going to go next. Frankly, no. And, and as you said, not only did they not get it, it's not a business that they're in. They yeah. don't do what they're listed as having been done. So we need some answers from the minister immediately. So it's like saying, well, we spent six million. We gave it to Jerry Agar and Deb Hutton to do some iron ore melting. Now, that would be smart. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Civil Liberties groups are calling on Doug Ford to testify in the Emergencies Act inquiry. We've got a lot of inquiries going on right now. Um, should he do so? So if I were advising him, I'd say sure, because this is actually uh, it, it was a good uh, set of, of months for Doug Ford when he was going through the pandemic, quite frankly. So I'd have him go out there, tell it like it is. And that's the political piece of it. The other piece of it, though, is why are we having such a circus around this? There's one question to answer and one question only, which is the information that was on the table the day cabinet made the decision to invoke the Emergencies Act. Was it adequate and did it, uh, it was it necessary? So I get some of the stuff leading up to it helps inform that. But Doug Ford and what he said to Justin at the time long before, I don't know if it actually is germane to the, the main question of this inquiry. But again, if I were advising Doug, I'd tell him to go. It's, it's a great opportunity for him to be Doug Ford on this issue. Well, and also to be uh, politically to not be seen trying to duck the thing. 
Yeah, although uh, knowing Doug as I do, my guess is he's saying, this is a circus. Why would I go participate in a circus? Everybody loves a circus, <laughs> ma'am. Just end, don't end up being the clown, that's all. There you go. All right. So the CRTC is reminding Canadians to stay vigilant on their cell phones. More phishing messages are being sent by text. I'm going to read you the latest one I got. Uh, it's just it, it is from supposedly a 416 number, and it reads, hope you had a good weekend. I sent the money. Did you get it? Yeah, so the ones that concern me more, Jerry, are the ones that say it comes from my bank. And and sometimes it comes not too long after I've done some banking. So the first time that happened, it made me both hesitate and think it was real. And secondly, made me suspicious that there's somebody who's got some knowledge of what's happening on my on my online banking. Uh-huh. Uh, but the one that also bothers me is that it comes to my, you know, 15-year-old daughter. And uh-huh. they're, they're inclined to to click it and you know you can tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them but the more real they look the more they're from companies that you actually do business with so say for example bell somebody says they're bell and you have a bell phone yeah that's the scary stuff for me and then you don't know where it goes and then kids get embarrassed that they've done this and all of a sudden you're into a pretty ugly mess yeah well if you are a bell customer then ignore it on your phone and just contact bell and say is there some sort of issue with my account i think or or amazon or whoever they purport to be although i just thought the one i got said hope you had a good weekend i sent the money did you get it maybe it's from Stephen lecce Ooh, could be. You can ask him at 805, Jerry. (laughs) Thank you for helping me with that promo, Deb. You've got the concept. (laughs) Thanks. Have a good day and a good weekend. You too, Jerry. Okay, that's Deb Hutton. Hey, coming up after the 630 report here, um, the continuation of John Moore's in-depth homelessness in Toronto. It's 630. And with the news headlines, here's just Karen Cooner.